0: Hey, good morning. Uh, Happy Monday morning. Uh, This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You've made it to episode four. Today is our fourth program. I uh, remain humbled and grateful that KSL has given me the opportunity to sit behind this microphone and share with you uh, some of the events of the world and of the country and of our state uh, and with some of my thoughts mixed in there, some of my opinions. I'm going to try to get better about sharing what I feel about these things. We've shared a lot of information over the first three episodes. Uh, Today, in episode four, I really hope to uh, share uh, some of my reactions and and feelings. There are a number of stories which are going to draw some of those feelings out of me today. Uh, First and foremost is the information we recently received from uh, Utah Congressman Ben McAdams. He's a Democrat, as you know, and he uh, today called a press conference to announce that he would be voting with Democrats. I uh, am not 100% sure yet why uh, a press conference was required to make that announcement, but, uh, but he did, and we'll break it down and talk about it uh, later on today. Uh, also, another thing we learned, uh, late last evening, a press release was sent out uh, from the office of Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson. She said that there will no longer be private sales without background checks at gun shows in Salt Lake County. Uh, it, that's a, an interesting thing, and it, it has a lot of details behind it, and we're going to go through those uh, later on in the program. Uh, We're also going to learn about uh, an app. Uh, This isn't uh, exactly a technology show, but I did say when we started this program that anything that is relevant to the lives and livelihoods of Utahs will be fair game well uh, producer Amy shared something with me on Friday and I, I spent the weekend looking into it and this morning have uh, jumped pretty deeply into it and it's this app uh, called safe UT hopefully your children are aware of it and have downloaded it on their telephones uh, safe UT uh, is something that allows uh, allows students uh, around the around the state rather if they find themselves in any sort of trouble from bullying uh, uh to to maybe they are having some thoughts uh, about hurting themselves uh, there's a resource for them uh and it's uh it's fascinating and i think the folks behind it ought to be very proud we're going to talk about uh what that is and, and how you can put it to use we also on today's program we're going to do a lot of follow-up work on friday we talked about uh two big stories two big stories broke actually right here on this program uh it, Number one had to do with American Samoa. You you know that uh, the United States, uh, beyond just the 50 states, has territories uh, out and about. Uh, We're we're well familiar with Puerto Rico and Guam and the Virgin Islands and uh, the Northern Marianas Islands. But how about American Samoa? Do we know much about American Samoa? Well, Utah has a very large American Samoan population here in the state. I think uh, when we checked the numbers, about 14,000 American Samoans live here in the United States. And their citizenship status uh, historically has been that of an American national, a U.S. national, uh, not a U.S. citizen. And uh, we received word that Judge Clark Wadups had, after evaluating a case, decided that, in fact, U.S. citizenship would be granted to all American Samoans. Uh, Not long after that decision was uh, handed down, we did receive word that uh, he put a stay in place and so uh, everything is on hold right now pending an opportunity for folks to appeal. And so we're going to uh, talk about that story a little bit more because on Friday everything was all good and wonderful and the folks we were hearing from were excited about their newfound citizenship and their ability to vote. Well, I've spoken to folks on the island and it's not that simple and not everyone's happy about it. later on in the program we're going to dig into that. The last bit that uh, w- came up on the program on Friday was uh, I got a text message, uh, which led to the, the breaking of some interesting news. Uh, you remember Utah Attorney General Mark Sherliff. He served as Attorney General some time ago. Uh, a big, tall, strong man with a booming voice. Uh, law enfor- enforcement was uh, w- was central to his time as Attorney General. Uh, so, too, was uh, some allegations, allegations of wrongdoing and some charges uh, filed against uh, Attorney General uh, Mark Shurtleff at the time. Well, uh, ultimately, those uh, charges were dismissed and uh, and his name was cleared, but not before he left office and not before an investigation uh, was launched. And in the course of that uh, investigation, it is alleged or it was alleged rather by uh, Attorney General Shurtleff that uh, some of his civil rights had been violated. Well, that same judge that handed down the decision on the American Samoa deal—that's Clark Waddux—he handed down another decision, which was that the lawsuit filed by Mark Shurtleff against Sim Gill in the district attorney's office uh, had been thrown out; uh, that there was not merit for for any damages to be awarded or for a, a verdict on behalf of uh, Mr. Sherlip to be handed down. And we are going to follow up on that. We—I I had reached out to the uh, the district attorney uh, on Friday. He uh, w- was on a. Available. and so fairly I, I wanted uh, uh, either him or his office to, to have uh, uh, the opportunity to share their reaction. On the phone now we have uh, Darcy Goddard who's the chief policy advisor from the Salt Lake County District Attorney's Office. Uh, Darcy are you on the line? Thank you for joining us.
1: I am. Thank you so much for having
0: me. Could I uh, first of all I'm going to ask you to hang on to into the next segment. We're going to talk about some of the details of this case but uh, first and foremost could I get uh, your, your reaction to the ruling by Judge Waddups initially?
1: We were very glad that the judge gave Mr. Shirtless ample time and opportunity and multiple attempts to establish whether the facts to support his allegations were, in fact, more than just his opinions and could be based in a record. Um, And we are uh, grateful that the judge agreed with us in the end, that although we certainly understand why Mr. Shirtless was unhappy with what happened, um, his claims were just simply not legally viable.
0: You mentioned the judge giving uh, the former attorney general an opportunity to to demonstrate uh, some things. He had made some uh, some accusations. uh, There was a time during this trial where uh, he had yet presented uh, insufficient evidence. The judge then allowed for another stretch of time for that evidence to be to be presented. Uh, And what happened from there? How How did that stretch of time transpire?
1: Sure. Well, Mr. Shirtliff filed his initial complaint, which was very scarce on details. Then he filed an amended complaint, which was about 100 pages long, over 300 almost 400 actually allegations of fact um we moved to dismiss as did the federal defendants Um, i'm not sure how familiar you are with all of the defendants in the case but it was actually asserted against simgill and salt lake county and then also against numerous federal officers in the fbi um those entities we all filed a motion to dismiss after the argument on the motion to dismiss judge waddup gave mark Shirtliff yet another opportunity to try to establish facts Um, It's one thing to say, I disagree that the fact X is correct, but it's another thing to prove that fact X is incorrect. And in this day of um, the kind of news cycle we're in right now, I think people understand that difference. That's what Judge Waditz gave him the opportunity to do. And that is what Mr. Shirtliff, unfortunately for him, failed to do. And that's why the judge dismissed
0: the case. We're speaking to Darcy Goddard, who is the chief policy advisor with the Salt Lake County District Attorney's Office. The, 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 this conversation stems from one which started on Friday. I got a text message from former Attorney General Mark Shurtleff letting me know that Judge Wattups had uh, overturned a lawsuit that he had filed uh, against the district attorney's office uh, and the district attorney himself, Sim Gill. Uh, we're speaking uh, to this policy advisor to get to the district attorney's side of things. We're going to take a quick break right now when we come back. We're going to talk about uh, the, the process. I am, I'm curious about the details of this case, but also the way the office functions when facing uh, lawsuits of this sort. I am uh, Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, and you're listening to KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We're, we're speaking during this segment to Darcy Goddard, who's the chief policy advisor the Salt Lake County District Attorney. Uh, this is a follow-up segment to a conversation which started on Friday. I received a text message from former Utah Attorney General Mark Shurtleff letting me know that he had just received uh, a decision, a decision from Judge Clark Waddups in a case that he had filed, uh, Mark Shurtleff had filed, against uh, Utah District Attorney uh, Sim Gill. The Defendants in the lawsuit also named in addition to Sim Gill, uh, which Ms. Goddard pointed out uh, before the break, were the, the office of the Salt Lake County District Attorney, the uh, United States of America, the FBI, and the Salt Lake Public Corruption Task Force, uh, as well as a few agents uh, which the lawsuit names, uh, which the lawsuit names, I won't reveal their names. It's public record. You can find it. I just uh, didn't don't see the need to to share that uh here on the air uh mrs goddard i am grateful to you again for joining us i am before we get into back into the details can i ask you when a case of this magnitude when this is presented to the office i'd like to learn a little bit about, about the process how is it uh, how, how is it received who uh has their hands on it first and and what are the steps to, to to begin addressing this when charges are filed uh against the office which i imagine happens from time to time as people feel uh injured for a very reasons.
1: Uh, certainly charges, um, not charges, I'm sorry, lawsuits. I'm sorry,
0: and lawsuits. right, right, my, my mistake. Right,
1: and, and occasionally against um, my office, and we take them as, serious as, as seriously as we do any other claims against the county. Um, they come into the civil side of the office, which is an outside of the office that most people are unfamiliar with. I think they see our office primarily as a criminal function, but we do have a robust civil side as well. And our job is to be the lawyers on behalf of the county whenever we're accused of wrongdoing. Um, I ended up being assigned to be the attorney on this case. Um, and I can't really tell you why, except it's something that I was familiar with. I've done a lot of um, civil rights litigation in my past, both for the ACLU and now for Salt Lake County. And um, that's how it came across my desk. The,
0: the uh, <clears throat> and, and when did that start? When did you first uh, get your hands on this?
1: Uh, immediately when it was filed. It was filed in June of 2018, about four years after the event that Mr. Shurtleck was complaining about. Um, and I got it immediately. When one of our elected officials is personally named in a lawsuit, as D.A. Gill was here, we also reach out to the mayor's office to see if they will allow us to um, defend that individual. And here, it was still Representative McAdams, who is, of course, famous today for other reasons. Sure. Um, and he approved the defense and indemnification of D.A. Gill. Well, what so does- I was representing the county, the office, and then tim Gill himself.
0: I don't want to ask you to get into the heart or mind of a, of a mayor, but what is the when you seek that permission? What's the evaluative process? What's being considered w- when when a decision is made to allow you to, to defend?
1: Oh, it's part of um, a statute, a law in Utah that is a state statute. It's called the Governmental Immunity Act, and unless it's shown that somebody who is named in a lawsuit and who works for the county um, engaged in some sort of egregious conduct. Um, or were acting outside the scope of their job, um, the law allows governmental attorneys like me to represent both the county and then the individuals. And this is true in every case that is filed against the county. And it is just a routine matter, of course, unless we see some evidence that we should not defend them because they really did something wrong. Um, we recommend to the mayor's office that they allow us to, uh, uh, to undertake the defense and they approve it or not.
0: And it's within the, or, or the, the power and authority rests with the mayor to make the final determination as to whether or not the elected officials behavior uh, to, was something taking place within or without their uh, their office.
1: Correct. Um, and that is just the state law. It's been around for decades
0: Okay. Very good. Uh, uh, there are going to be a number of questions I'm sure that I ask you that are probably like DA's Office 101 type stuff, uh, but oh, I'm kind of... no. No worries. <laughs> so, uh, so, so then what happens? I, there are other defendants named. What is the, the interaction like between yourself and the office and, uh, and these other defendants? Uh, it
1: really depends on the nature of the case. Um, here, uh certainly i didn't we didn't have an adversarial relationship with anyone we actually had a very collegial relationship even with mark shirtless and for a time when he was represented uh, by another counsel, that was before his counsel withdrew a few months ago um we had a very collegial relationship with both of them <laughs> um we did not because the case was resolved on a motion to dismiss which is before a trial mm-hmm. um we didn't have to to exchange a lot of documents or um interview witnesses as much we just went on the papers
0: am i correct that uh, the former attorney general mark Shirliff has 30 days to appeal this decision
1: he does what uh what
0: within those 30 days or, or as those 30 days transpire what is what is your role what, what is your office doing
1: uh, right now, we just are, we're waiting to see what Mr. Shirtless decides to do. Um, the ball is entirely in his court at this point.
0: And you, once w- that, uh, if an appeal is filed, uh, then you, then what?
1: Uh, if the appeal is filed, then he has a certain number of days. And not having the rules in front of me, I'm not entirely sure what it is. But probably it's 30 to 60 um, to assemble the appellate record, um, and that just is the record on appeal. That goes. what's called the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the federal um, circuit that Utah is part of. Um, Then we'll get a briefing schedule from the 10th Circuit Court, and eventually, um, if they think it's worthy of oral argument, we will go to Denver, and we will argue the case.
0: Uh, Personal curiosity, have you uh, made it to Denver yet yourself?
1: I actually clerked on the 10th Circuit when I first started out about 19 years ago, Um, and I was there most recently in connection with the marriage equality cases, which the county was also named in.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. Well, very good. Is there anything else that, uh, that I haven't asked you about this or anything that the, that the office would like to share?
1: Uh, no, other than you know, we really appreciate you and we appreciate Mr. Shortless taking the time to, to talk about this and to include us in the discussion. Um, certainly, we think the court made the right decision, And we're just eager to see where Mr. Shirtless wants to go from here.
0: I'm pleased to hear that attitude. The the truth is I have known uh, both the district attorney and uh, Mr. Shirtliff for for years and years and and by and large have known them to be uh, fine, upstanding men and uh, to see uh, their dispute play out uh, in this fashion. It's unfortunate that there is a dispute, but it is also, uh, for me at least, encouraging to know that when a dispute rises to this level that uh, there is a a justice system, that there are individuals uh, like yourself who are able to to operate within uh, uh, that system to bring about resolution, and once that resolution is handed down for all to, uh, you know, really have no other option but to but to accept it and to move on. It's uh, I think it's encouraging.
1: Well, good. I'm glad. And you know, I, the one thing I guess I might add for your listeners, if they're unfamiliar with the system, and, and I don't know if they are or not, but there is a reason why the federal courts defer when a state court has issued a warrant, and that's basically the principles of federalism. And that is that the state courts um, are supposed to be the criminal law function. Um, That is one of the key functions of state government. And when a state court has made a decision that probable cause exists and a warrant should issue, which is something Mr. Shirtless talked about on Friday, it really is, and in my opinion as a matter of policy should be, very difficult to get a federal court to step in and um, reverse the decision of the state court. And that's functionally what mr Shirtliff was asking the court to do Um, and i think for good reason the court held itself to the very high standards that exist in order to second guess state courts and i really do think that was the right decision
0: Alrighty. Well, well, we'll wait and see what the former attorney general decides to do. If there will be an appeal, if that is the case, I'm sure you and I will be speaking again. And uh, I'm grateful to you for your time this morning. I, I presume that you've been working on this for for years and years, and you're uh, probably ready to to move on to the to the next case. Do, do you now? Again, pardon my ignorance. and this question itself, may be ignorant. Do you have the next case already? <laughs>
1: Actually, I do a lot of work at the Utah State Legislature, assisting with legislation, and so I'm just excited for the new session to start.
0: What's your What's your area of expertise? What, what type of legislation do you find yourself uh, working on most often?
1: Really, anything that affects municipalities and counties, and anything that makes for better government. We have a lot of things at Salt Lake County and in the District Attorney's Office that we think make for good policy. And meeting with legislators and educating them on those issues is really a key part of what we do. Outstanding. So that's what's next on my agenda.
0: Well, let me tell you, as a a former uh, congressional staffer who worked for Rob Bishop, your affection for federalism is very much appreciated.
1: wonderful.
0: Outstanding. We've been speaking to Casey, uh, Darcy, I'm sorry, Goddard, with the, who is the Chief Policy Advisor in the Salt Lake County District Attorney's Office. Uh, we are one step nearer to resolution in the case of Mark Shurtleff versus Sim Gill uh, and a handful of other defendants in uh, an accusation uh, by Mr. Shurtleff that his civil rights were violated as, a, as an investigation was executed. We have a, a lot more on the program today. In our next segment, we're going to speak with reporter Mary Richards, who is in attendance when uh, Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson announced that uh, there was going to be a significant change to gun sales in facilities owned by Salt Lake County. What does that mean? It means that private gun sales will no longer uh, be able to be transacted at these gun shows without uh, a background check taking place. There are some details to understand. The story is more complicated, I think, than uh, was shared during the press conference today. We'll get into those details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.